Hi, I'm Andy Chamberlain, and this is the Creative Writers Toolbelt, the podcast that gives you practical advice and encouragement to help you with your writing. You can find out more at my website, andrewjchamberlain.com, where you can also find out about the Creative Writers Toolbelt handbook, which condenses all of the very best advice and insight from my expert guests and me in one place. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Creative Writers Toolbelt podcast, and it's helpful to you on your writing journey. And welcome to episode 143 of the Creative Writers Toolbelt. This is the second of two episodes featuring the award-winning novelist, poet and founder of the Alliance of Independent Authors, Orna Ross. And I had been meaning to catch up with Orna for a long time and it was a delight to finally speak with her. But before we get to that, in my own news, I'm delighted to say that in the last couple of weeks, my new novel, The Centauri Survivors, which has been 10 years in the writing, and you will no doubt have heard about, has at last been published. And I am delighted that it's available finally for people to read. You can find it on Amazon in print and ebook format, and it's also available from all the usual ebook digital providers, including Apple, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, Google, and many others. But if you're a listener to the podcast and you're interested in the novel and you want a taster of what's in it before you buy it, just drop me a line, Andrew at andrewjchamberlain.com and ask me to send you the access link for the original first chapter. I will be happy to send that to you. This chapter, which is set on a remote Chilean mountain at a new European telescope facility, gives you an insight into the lives of the astronomers whose discovery sparks the whole of the rest of the story in the book. Now, I loved this chapter, but it just didn't quite fit into the start of the story. So you won't see it if you buy the book, but you can read it if you drop me a line by email and ask for access to it. And that email address is, again, andrew at andrewjchamberlain.com. So back to this episode, and I have split my conversation with Orna into two separate parts because it deals with two very different subjects. In this episode, we discuss the revolution that's currently taking place in publishing, the rise of self-publishing, and the advent of the indie author. Arguably, these trends are the most significant thing to happen in publishing since the printing of the Gutenberg Bible in the 1450s, which was one of the first examples of mass-produced printing anywhere in the world. Orna and I discuss the priorities for independent authors in terms of marketing, the challenge of keeping going when the creative process seems like really hard work, and the range of advice, help and support on offer from the Alliance of Independent Authors, or Ally, to writers anywhere in the world. This was a fascinating and useful conversation, and I hope it will be a real encouragement to anyone who is currently working on their own self-publishing project or is intending to do so soon. So, Orna, it's a great pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome to the Creative Writers Toolbelt. Thank you so much, Andrew. Delighted to be here. I want to talk to you a little bit about the Alliance of Independent Authors now. And I know that you are passionate about the cause of independent authors and you're the founder and director of the Alliance of Independent Authors. Why is this so important and how did Ally come to be formed? Yeah, it's so important because traditional publishing can't allow for the amount of creative expression there is out there. And so I approach this, first of all, as a writer and creative myself from the creative perspective. But what happened to me and why I actually jumped in to, to found Ally, and I did, um, we talked about this before, I think that I shared with you, I had a quite a long, dark night of the soul before I decided to take that leap because I knew what I was taking on. And I actually was in middle age and it had been my 
intention to focus on my own writing. And so I knew when I took yeah. this on, that wasn't, I wasn't going to be able to get to do that again for some years. But it did seem very, very important to me. I published that little pamphlet of poems back in 2011. And I was astonished by the fact of, you know, just how how wonderful it was, the, the whole creative experience of uh, the editorial, the design, putting it together, all that kind of stuff. But also the direct contact with the reader and yes. cutting out all that chain between the writer and the reader. So no distributor, no wholesaler, no bookseller, no publisher, no agent, just the purity of writer and reader. Mm. And um, it's the biggest change in the media and publishing industries since Gutenberg, everybody says. And it's cliche now because it's true. And having worked in that arena all my life, I didn't want to, I, I realized I did want to be in the middle of it. You know, if the grandchildren asked me, where were you? I wanted to be able to say right in the middle of it, beating the drum for authors. So uh, that was okay. fun. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what Ally does then? Yeah, sure. We are the only non-profit global association for the independent author. And our mission is ethics and excellence in self-publishing. So we look at that from both the side of the services that are there to help authors publish well. And that publishing well is a matter of seven different processes that authors and any publisher needs to get right. So that will be editorial design, production distribution, marketing promotion and rights licensing. And there are numerous services out there offering help. And some of them are excellent and some of them are appalling and lots of them are in between. Mm. And we felt that authors needed some guidance in negotiating what is a very confusing marketplace when you come to it first. Also, we wanted to change the way in which publishing was viewed uh, because of how tight and how corporate publishing became in the late 20th century. There was this idea that to be published was this golden chalice. And, you know, I have been through that whole system myself. I had had 54 rejections before my novel was published, even though I was a reasonably well-established nonfiction author and journalist at that stage. I just went through the conventional process. I didn't use any strings and... Um, you know, that refusal process in one way refined and sharpened my work. In another way, it was creatively quite dispiriting. And I know lots of my author friends who gave up and just mm. went away. I didn't. I stayed there and I got the publishing deal. But it didn't turn out to be what it seems to be when you're on the outside. And pub trade publishing is basically built on knowing that there will be two successes for every 18 failures. And that's if you're lucky in a publishing house. And even now these days and um, even the biggest corporates are finding it difficult to, to keep that sort of ratio up so that means 18 right. people whose dreams don't come true and so you know when when the alliance the idea for the alliance came about it was about helping people to understand that there is a lot of smoke and mirrors and that if you're actually yeah. to do the work an author now can establish an author business. And I know business is a word that brings a lot of authors out in a rash. They can't stand it. <laughs> um, but actually, it's a very exciting creative opportunity for a writer to design their own work, reach their own readers. And you can get help with the bits that you're not good at. 
but it's an intensely creative experience in itself. And that closeness to readers is very exciting and it's changing how publishing is happening and that we're, we're actually in the middle of that revolution. Mm. And so I see the alliances and um, goal, you know, we, we call ourselves ally for short. We are your ally as a self-publisher, no matter where you are on the spectrum. So we divide the people that we work with in largely into three groups. There's the self-publishers, who are probably going to publish one book and it's likely to be for family or community or perhaps for their business or something like that. Mm -hmm. They're mostly concerned with production. Then we have what we call the indie authors and they want to actually make a success of this. They are, they want to be writers who are earning enough money to just keep on writing and they're mostly concerned with marketing and promotion and sales. And then we have what we call the authorpreneur member, and they are people who are successfully running author businesses from one of 10 business models that we've identified for authors. So each of those three groups needs very different kinds of help. And our job basically is to work out what kind of help is needed mm. in a fast changing environment and try to provide it. So we have a daily blog, a weekly podcast, um, lots of guidebooks. We have a watchdog who actually rates and grades services that you might come across with contract service, which will help authors make sure mm. that they're not being, um, you know, getting a bum contract. There are an awful lot of bum contracts going around. We have a discounts and deals section whereby services give our members special deals. And we have we bring uh, we have a partner membership for very good services where we actually you know handshake good services with yes. authors who need them and lots of other things we do you know our services and our programs keep growing. We also have three campaigns that we run open up to indie authors, which encourages libraries, booksellers, events. Um, prizes to actually include indie authors now in their programs which a lot of them are either refusing or failing to do we have a self-publishing 3.0 program which encourages authors to realize that they are in business once they start self-publishing and that they might as well be in a good business or a bad one and try and help them to see how that happens and how, how to make that happen and yeah various other campaigns that so lots going on I noticed earlier on you used the word global as well. So I take it that uh, Ally isn't just for people in the UK or UK and Ireland or Europe or whatever. It's a, it's a global organisation. Absolutely. Um, over 50% of our members are in North America. Um, okay. Yeah, 20, 25% in Europe and then 25% rest of the world. Now, when you're starting out as a self-published author or an independent author, it can all look really daunting, can't it? All of the things that you have to think about. What, what, are, what are the one or two things that people should focus on, first of all, when, they, when they're just beginning to get into this sort of thing? It's learning by doing. So expect to feel overwhelmed. Expect to feel a, a bit daunted because you're in a learning scenarios so you wouldn't take yourself off to the local university to do an MA and then come home complaining because oh it's not easy 
Uh, well, you might, but, you know, it's a similar sort of thing. You yeah. are really throwing yourself into a big learning curve. And part of you wants that or you wouldn't have done it. So in a sense, expect to feel challenged. I think okay. that's the first thing. So I think a lot of people, when the challenge turns up, they disappear. If you can hold your place there, and some of the challenges are technical, and they yeah. actually very quickly melt away if you stay there. Something that seems completely impossible on Monday can seem completely easy on Friday, tech-wise. Yeah. That's sit. an interesting point, yeah. That is an interesting point, actually. It's the, the tech problems can seem really massive. And then once you found the solution, they just disappear, don't they? they one, of, one of the things that I know independent authors not complain about, but it, it is a thing that they're concerned about. None, no, no independent author's got any money. They're always struggling for, for budget. And what are the kind of one or two things that perhaps we should do as independent authors when money is tight? Maybe where we should focus our funds or, you know, how, what do we do that's really the smart thing? Yeah, I think there are two things to say here. So the first of all is to identify your own skills and bring your own skills in wherever you can. However, where you don't have the skills. I, I find that authors overvalue um, money and undervalue time. So mm, okay. your time as an author is very precious. If somebody can do you a professional cover, you know, for a hundred or 150 pounds, and you are going to say, okay, I'm going to struggle with doing my cover myself. And you know, blah, blah, blah. you can spend so many hours doing that, which are hours that could be usefully spent marketing your books, which would pay yes. you far more than the amount of money you, you think. So I think that's one thing, but so identify where your skills are, but equally identify where your skills are not. You are going into business and as businesses go, the startup costs are very low, actually. So mm. I do think it's worthwhile just taking a step back and thinking, okay, I'm going to give this two years and you know, budget that amount of time to realistically get on top of everything. And how much am I going to budget um, money-wise? So a lot of authors come in and they don't budget anything. And then they wonder why they don't have any money. You must have some sort of a budget. And then you can get amazing help at, a, at very cost-effective rates. And you can usually find a free or cheap way to do the thing or mm -hmm. recognize that it will cost you time. And don't undervalue your time. Because mm -hmm. if you get up, get up and running reasonably well, and I'm talking now to somebody who has mastered the craft of writing, okay? So if, you, if you're starting off and you're also learning how to write as well as learning how to publish, it's slightly different. But I'm speaking to somebody who has mastered the craft of writing and who knows their target reader, then if you can get up and running, you can actually get a flow of money in by better. You can get ahead of yourself better and a better return on your investment by spending more, but moving more quickly. So yes, yes. always balancing those two things of time and money. You talk there about some people who have mastered their craft. A lot of writers struggle to get their manuscript completed, especially when they're, they're relatively new to the craft. What bits of encouragement would you give to those people who are perhaps there, you know, they're at the 30,000, 40,000 word mark and as we all are so often and they're struggling a little bit? Yeah, I, everybody hits this place and you don't not hit this place because you've done it before. You always, with every single book, come to the place where you think, I can't go on, it's, it's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, but 
must go on. And so you must find the way. And the sooner, again, you can find your way through, the better. So I always encourage people to focus not on the work that needs to be done, but on the conditions within which you are creating. Okay. So sometimes when you get stuck, it's because the conditions are wrong. And there may be a, an emotional thing going on in your life. It may be you know, a family-based thing. It might just be where you're doing the writing. You need to freshen it up. If you're always writing in your bedroom, maybe you need to go to the cafe or vice versa. Um, if you're not exercising, I would say you are making life harder for yourself because great ideas come when you move your body. And if you're not meditating, I would say you're making life harder for yourself. So having some, they're just my particular flow practices, but having some flow practice in place that kind of sustain you, sustains you through the hard times, but also eases them. Uh, so it doesn't get quite so hard. You want it to be not so hard that you stop, not so hard that you yeah. give up as long as yeah. you keep going. So the act of showing up and of putting words down, even though you know you won't keep them all, some of them are destined for the trash can, just as long as you keep going, that you will get there and in the end. And if you stop, you definitely won't. Okay. One final question then, just, just before we finish. Uh, if, if people are interested in finding out more about the Alliance of Independent Authors, how do they do that? So we're online at allianceindependentauthors.org um, as a nonprofit. Um, we're also on Twitter at Indie Author Ally. Um, we're on Facebook also. Um, so we're not hard to find. Um, and in fact, I think if you Google Self-Publishing Association, we probably come up there on tops. Um, so yeah, come and have a chat and see, see if it's right for you. Is there anything else that you would want to share by way of particularly important bits of advice to uh, aspiring authors in terms of the craft or business or anything before? Yeah, I suppose just because our, our chat has been mostly on business, just to stay on that for a minute and to say that I, I believe it is my observation and my experience that authors today have more in common with other creative entrepreneurs like artists, but not just um, artists and singers and uh, musicians, but also people with a mission like, say, counsellors, people in the self-help industry, you know, yoga teachers. These people, we have more in common with than we have with traditionally published authors. We will learn more about how to do things well how to present ourselves, how to reach our, our readers and how to um, publish for pleasure and profit from other creative entrepreneurs, I think, than looking at the traditional mm-hmm. space. Interesting. Orna, thank you very much for your time. It's been a, a pleasure to have a chat with you. Always a pleasure. All right, then. Thanks so thank much. Thank you very much indeed, Orna. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.